Hey, welcome to Full Spectrum Cycling. This is show number 222. No, yeah. No, no room 222 references, JK? Oh, I thought it was 227. The old show? Yeah. Back in the olden times? Yeah, I thought it was 227. Room 222. Oh, well, wait. It was a 70s show. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the one with, uh, that was on, must see TV on NBC. Two two seven with uh, Regina King. Yeah, this was come on in the seventies, long time ago. This was eighties. I think it was kind of a it wasn't a welcome back Cotterish thing, but it was in a classroom at a school. Oddly enough, it was room two twenty two. Remember the door that used to be in the old podcast studio in the other place down the hall that has like the glass window that's you know. Yeah. Frosted or whatever. Well, that it's was, not there now. That was like a school door. The one that's not there. That's yeah. over there. That no one's given up. Jonas won't let me take back. Jonas, Indian. <laughs> Since we're calling out River West people, let's call it Mailman Mike, so I don't forget. Mailman oh, yeah. Mike. Mailman that guy. Mike. How does? How is he the happiest guy ever walking ever, around? Ever, all ever. the time. Every time you see him, he raises his hand. He says hello. He's got a grin from ear to ear. You could be going by on your bike at 20 miles yep. an hour and he'd be like, hey. I, he's <laughs> driving by and, and honks and waves at me. Or I'm driving by and I, of course, have to honk and wave at him. Yeah. But he's finally 30 years on the same route. That's impressive. I believe it's the full 30 on the same route anyway. But, yeah, there's cards all over the neighborhood for him, like signs out in the yards mm-hmm. that look like letters and stuff. It's absolutely fabulous. I can't imagine anybody jumping into the letter carrier role these days being as neighborhood friendly as mailman Mike. Right. No way. No way, no how. My buddy Steve started, that's probably, when do you think Carini started? 15 years ago or something? Mm. And he's, he, he, I think he's a conscientious guy, but I don't think he's, you know, happy-go-lucky like mailman didn't, Mike. Uh, didn't uh, Roach do that for Steve a Roach did for a minute, okay. and yeah, he's doing something else now. Okay. Yeah, because I saw him walking his dog down the street. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be delivering the mailman? Yeah, no, mailman. He, he Mail. actually, man. I think that was a very, very short. After he got the job, it turned out to not be what he hoped it was. And but he, I saw he was in River West, which was yeah. It, but they were riding him hard to make his deliveries and stuff, just like they did Mailman Mike. But Mailman Mike had enough seniority that they couldn't do anything about it. Well, his yeah. supervisors hated him, which is what everybody else, why everyone else loved him because he would stop and shoot the shit with you for a couple of minutes, and Postal's frowning on that hard. They're well, like, no, no, your no, efficiency no. experts are messing up right. the, the neighborhoodliness right. of your mailman. So, for your federally funded employee, I think so we're me. we are on a training route where I live. Ah. So it changes regularly. We'll get our mail anywhere from ten in the morning to ten thirty at night. There's <laughs> we, no there's no uh, consistency uh, about when it gets there. Yeah, we yeah. have a current mailman who is a um, he is clearly on the spectrum, or as they like to say now, neural diverg- divergent, diverse, and he carries Are a very large <laughs> he carries a very large horn that he honks at all the dogs. Huh. And I mean, he he literally scares the shit out of the dogs, and it's like, and no, he's, no wonder they want to bite mailmen. Yeah, right. You can use that, right. Um, he's <laughs> yeah. So, and he Away, often beast. delivers the wrong mail. So, I will miss mailman Mike and my former mailman on my old duplex house, which hopefully will be sold soon. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you're never going to be able to replace mailman Mike. That's true. I hear he's going to 
Puerto Rico. That's he goes there. He, that's what he's done for his vacation for like the last ten plus years. And he told me when I saw him actually outside of Snails Crossing as he was delivering across the street. I still remember what it was. He says, I am going, when I retire, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I go there every year. He's like, it's the greatest area to go. He's like, the the food's great. The people are super friendly. And I do know another couple that have moved there and said the same thing. So, you know, I, I wish him all the best. And, you know, I mean, sounds like heaven to me sometimes. Sounds, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at the top of the list today. Up. Uh, on September 30th, which is Saturday night, a week from tomorrow. Oh, speaking of a week from tomorrow, I'm thinking of putting the show up on Thursdays now instead of Fridays. That's not the top of the list since we're doing, I got, I got distracted. (laughs) So tomorrow, so a week from tomorrow, September 30th is the Nut Factory Open House. Nutter. Which is a great event. Lots of fun. Our whole building of artists and creative type people. We'll be doing it plus across the parking lot at the, what do they call that place? Fur. Fur factory. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And the toy factory down the street. Street is doing it too. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. They're they're doing, doors open is this coming? Is it tomorrow yeah, or is that? That's tomorrow. Oh. So doors open is also happening tomorrow, which would be the 23rd and 24th. And some of the stuff in the neighborhoods on that too. Let me inject with that for a second. If you have not gone to Luna Furniture on Burleigh, during doors open, it will blow your mind. Blow you make this absolutely incredible mind. furniture that is outrageously expensive. It's all made from scrap wood, so it's like um, brush wood and stuff. So it's kind of country-ish, rustic, rustic. Thank you. That's the term I was looking for. And uh, they make it all in there. They work regular shifts there. You hear nothing from the outside. The the equipment is all of it's over a hundred years old. They have all the seamsters on site, so everything is made in this building, and it, it's absolutely immaculate when you walk in. Hmm. It is totally worth going to. That one stop alone is worth going to. <laughs> so is touring WMSC. I, I just also, did it. I did it like two weeks ago. Yes, for WMSC. <laughs> right. Also a cool one. <clears throat> Um, all right, so that's Nut Factory Open House, 6 to 10 p.m. on the 30th. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the door open of our thing. I, it's pretty messy. I think it'll look a little different. It's fine. <laughs> I, I'm doing pretty well on getting the podcast room and the other beer. place going. So all this stuff goes out of here, and all bikes come in here. Yeah. That's kind of the plan. <laughs> right. Since we have until that very. Are we going to have music in here, though, if you're taking all the music and putting it over there? Oh, I got other music. Okay. Good. I got music. I'm going to leave the big ARs in here. Do you have music that you could dance to? Maybe. You can dance if you want to. <laughs> uh, Dreamweaver has passed away. I didn't see that earlier in the month, but Gary Wright. Oh, yeah. I, Dreamweaver. <laughs> I, that was a song I somehow listened I to a lot that. back in the olden times. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was earlier in the month, but, well, that's just... Goes to show you, old people know a lot of people who pass. It is true. <clears throat> mm. Mm. So I've had, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've had this on the on the show notes for a couple of weeks. I don't know if we've ever talked about it though. It's it's handlebars, folks. I love handlebars on my bike. Somehow they're just so easy to control your bike with. 
but and as by I'm, with it, are you making a joke that you like really wide handle? Actually, I'm not a super huge fan of the mega wide ones. I'm getting tired oh. of them. Um, I it's just these are yeah, my low side is mm, coming in like a condor. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it's kind of like it. Yeah. I just don't like going through doorways with it. Right. right. <laughs> you can't or, get too tech. Oh, well, you know, some like uh, the Tosa trails have some really narrow <laughs> spots, and you're like, you're you gotta to, go. You have to kind of shimmy through them with mm-hmm. your. With your wider bars. I get the idea. A oh, little, yeah. There's like a moto. But. There's a light. What is it? It's right across the street from, I mean, it's sidewalk riding, but you kind of have to. Uh, right across from Bel Air and right where the tasting room is mm-hmm. the closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like right at the end of the bridge, you have to kind of do a, even with like normal bars, yeah. you kind of no, have I to know do a shimmy, Oh, I know shimmy, exactly shimmy. the one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I hope With a little extra room. wider, it gets yeah. you a little. A little more scary. Yeah. yeah, you kind of roll up on the mm-hmm. roll up off of the. the and pedestrians pole. like to just kind of pop up from a car right, right yeah. around there too, and you know, hey, we all use that. Actually, I, they have more domain there than I do, but I literally I helped. Still, doesn't stop it from me. <laughs> I, we're digressing because like oh yes, but I was on my bike. That's not it. We're still on uh, point. I helped Carson open the tasting room for the very short duration of time <laughs> that it was open. It's, I was there. Lived I was there it. during that little flash. It hasn't been anything for twenty years. He bought it yeah. just because he knows it's going to be worth a fortune because it's riverfront property. Yeah, he's going to get. He's going <laughs> to get. That he super, bought. I'm sure he bought it for like long nothing. Game. Right. Right. Like I'm <laughs> well, betting he bought it for fifty grand. He's just holding it. He's going to get half mil plus. <laughs> and it's zoned retail or it's zoned, you know. So yeah. Well. I would just no think they're going to put a big-ass apartment there like everywhere else. Well, that's that, but he's going to get a half mil for him doing it. So, I want to see another show there, though. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so, just crack it open. It'll do gorilla style. Rather mm-hmm. than the width. Well, who is this person? What I was referring about? to on my handlebar <laughs> thing that we started a few hmm, minutes ago. But I'm scheming here. Is <laughs> I've, I like sweep now more than I used oh, to. Oh, okay. For almost everything but like real... Like mountain bike, mountain biking. So basically everything else. City riding, you like that sweep. Got a little. So yeah, Pro Taper answer from the Hayes group. They made one for a long time that was, it's 20 degrees back sweep, but it has enough forward sweep. So you're, you're not changing your stem out. Okay. So it kind of comes forward and comes back 20 degrees. So when you put your hands out like that, you're like, that's like a 20 degree thing. <laughs> and they were only like 720s, which was fine. But now they make a 780, which is kind of where I like to be. But if you really like super width, uh, whiskey came out with a similar bar that is like 830 millimeters. Jesus Christ. It's, I mean, come on. But you can cut them down. Well, yeah. So, you know, there's a good maybe inch and a half, two inches on each side that you can. And will. Yeah. I just like to ride it wide for a while and then just figure out where my hands are going to end up and chop that sucker down. I just Dan my my tenant right now showed me his new All City that he bought because of course All City's going out of business and it has are they now yeah and they have these like he has these like super wide bars on he's like oh god I just can't do it I'm like well if you remove the grips there's marks to cut them down he was like oh he didn't know that yeah like, yeah you learn that they're, after they're, they're yeah. great but you can't go past the end mark otherwise right. you don't have then, anything to clamp. Because right. almost every grip now clamps on your bar. You need to have a pretty pretty sturdy bar for some clamping. Uh, I think we might save this one for one. Seely Dave should be giving us a shout here in a little bit. Just uh, 
Rumor just has a, it. A just as we're feeling the time. Just a little <clears throat> bit of uh, heads up for you. So, moving. We did moving we news. Moving new studios good. coming along. There's a band at, at Bremen after the open house on the third on the on tomorrow thirtieth thirtieth. Oh, after two weeks. Oh, okay. Who'll be the band? <laughs> um, Rhetoric Vendetta. They were at uh, Center Street Days at the Quarters Punk Stage. Punk, They're good. Whatever. With somebody else, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But yeah, tomorrow. Uh, Rushmore's got some unlawful assembly. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's not also right. the, hey, that's also that uh, Rushmore has tomorrow outside. Yeah, outside. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, a couple, tomorrow internet time. Being gotcha, Saturday. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. A couple, a couple good shit. There's punky bands on. and whatever. But that's also the day of uh, the Jones Island Tiny Fest at the Kasubi's Park. Oh, a Kasubi Park. Yeah. So Excellent. I'm smelling a voyage down there on That's, Saturday. I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping I can take like a little bit of time this weekend to ride. Last weekend was all painting and 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 moving, but uh, all work and no fun. No fun no for play. me. All right, I got a green light here. Homer I got a green something. light. <laughs> green light. I have a green drink. Hey, welcome to the radio program, caller. Who do we have on the line? Hey guys, it's Seely Dave. <laughs> oh, hey, <yo. laughs> Tony says probably Seely Dave. <laughs> Hi, Seely Dave. How's I'll it bet going? It's him. <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing well, well, how are you? I, I saved a uh, I saved a, a thing in the uh, the show notes just to get your take on Sepp Kuss winning the oh, winning yeah. the winning the Vuelta. Is that something that you were following? Right, and I was right. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I totally was following it. Um, and the controversy. And, uh, and I was hanging out with a couple other, uh, Durangatans, as they're termed, <laughs> from the, um, pro cycling world this last weekend at, uh, um, Sri Lanka Mountain Bike Festival, which is one of the, um, races in the Lifetime Grand Prix series. So we had all the pros, all the top pros in the sort of gravel world are here and a couple of which are from the, in the men, there's a, woman from Durango too. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but uh, Cole uh, Payton and uh, who's not originally from Durango. He's 25. Um, He's originally from Washington, but lives in Durango now. And then um, Payson McKelvin of the uh, Adventure Stash podcast guy. They were, they were there. Um, Cole got third, 25 year old. He got third and Alexi Vermeulen, from who's not from Durango? He's from um, he's from Michigan, uh, Pickney, Michigan, and he uh, he beat Keegan Swenson, who has won every single other um, lifetime Grand Prix event this year. And everybody was comparing Keegan. If you rem- if you follow any of this, so the uh, Leadville 100 is also one of the lifetime series, and huh. Keegan set out to set to set the record at the Leadville race, which he did. And the second place finisher was Alexi Vermeulen, who finished 25 minutes after him. Holy wow. mackerel. Where did, he find a, where, where did he find a shortcut? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just an insane gap. And everybody was like, has been analyzing his power profiles and stuff. And like, um, Sep doesn't, Sep is also from Durango. Sep doesn't publish his power profiles um, Keegan does like after every race and, um, and they were just like crazy numbers 
for above 10,000 feet. You know, basically that whole race takes place above 10,000 feet. So there's all these, there's been all this talk then about uh, when's, when's uh, Keegan going to get, you know, offered enough money to move to the, um, the World Cup stage and, uh, you know, and uh, the Pro Peloton in Europe and follow sort of like in Sepp's footsteps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so, uh, and I got to hang out with Cole Payton, who's the new Durangoan, Durangotang, 25 year old from <laughs> Washington, who got third. And he was just like, he looks like he's 12, first of all. <laughs> um, he's 25. And he was just like the nicest guy. My wife was hanging out with him a little bit before the race. And then um, the night before, I think he came into Rivers Eatery. And then I saw him at the end of the race at the podium and was chatting with him. He actually recognized my wife from the night before and like, like made it. Said, hey, I hear you like used to guide trips out in Durango. So he actually like reached out to me, which was pretty nice as a pro, you know. Um, and then I also got to chat, just say hey to Payson, who I love his Adventure Stash podcast. Um, but uh, so he did a specific one about about Keegan's power profile after Leadville. If anybody wants to like get all geeky about like um, watts per kilo and about for 20 minute <laughs> efforts above 10,000 feet and compare it to Garrett Thomas and stuff like that. The end of his, towards the end of his podcast uh, after Leadville, he does a review after every one of the Grand Prix series. Um, he got, gets all, he's a coach too, I think. So he's all into those metrics. He gets super into it. It was very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, if you, so anyway, great race this weekend. It was a, a different finish. Uh, Peter Spencer, the guy from Lifetime, wanted, there was some confusion last year between the short and fat and the, um, <laughs> the long course, the 40, and a bunch of people accidentally went the wrong way and because the short and fat finish is sort of crosses with the long course. So he wanted to try to simplify it. So I do the GPS mapping and stuff for that event. And he asked me to like, see what he said, take, connect the, uh, connect the, uh, um, long course. So it finishes on the same, um, route as the short and fat and then get rid of something else. So it's still about 40 miles. So I did that for this year for him. And I had to get rid of the Lake Helene section, which is sort of like a flat gravel section. Um, and adding the short and fat finish added an additional 500 feet of climbing right at the end of the race. Ah, which, um, that should be I interesting got, for people I that just ear- beat themselves up. Yeah, I got an earful about it from the guys. So what was the course length, 40, or was it longer? Because I saw Jay Henderson. It was, yeah, it said, was just a touch longer. So last year was just a shade under 40. It often has been back in the day when Gary ran it has been less than 40. And, um, sometimes it was longer though, too. This year, it was, last year it was a little bit shorter. This year it was a little bit longer plus the additional climbing at the end it was 41.9. Okay. Um, most people, most people had, uh, let's look at, um, Alexi, Alexi who finished in 203. At an average pace of eighteen point seven two miles per hour. Oh, his, he's a pro, so their course is slightly shorter. Oh, okay. Um, I have to go to somebody else who's not a 
April. Well, I think I mean, Hollywood was like, few, he's, he's not a slow guy. And I think he was like 323 or something. <laughs> like, I didn't look up him. I didn't see him. Um, I did see Gene Overpiller was here racing his 1993 Bridgestone XL1 that he won on way back when. Um, so just a Gervin suspension stem yep. and mustache handlebars. I, all I, the original like Diacom brakes and stuff like I that. I saw wow. the I saw the making uh, of that bike on uh, on the, I think it was on the Facebook. They were you know putting new tires on it and setting it up for this event because this was his thirtieth anniversary or something or it's, something like that. Yeah. yeah, he stayed at a friend of ours nearby here in Sealy. I didn't I didn't see him. I saw his bike after the race. Um, so uh, a friend of ours, um, Will Stoffel, who's the guy that runs the um the tent for um for allied cycles he is 41 years old married with two kids and blazing fast he finished seventh overall in the shawmigan 40 at 234 and his distance was 41.2 okay is what it showed for right him on. so well um, since you since you added so that anyways, yeah. since you added that 500 feet we're at the top oh, of that hill right now. Hill, huh? <laughs> uh, Tony, Tony brought in today's show beer. It is, oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a happy beer. It's a third space happy place, which is kind of a staple oh, beer around you here. You can't go wrong with that. Right? Yeah, you can't go wrong with a happy place, yeah. What are you going to do, put your helmet on, Tony? He's got, are you getting ready to leave? What he, what's he doing over there? <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you got, Dave? Um, I am drinking a, Coke cherry old fashioned. Oh, okay. I, made, I don't I think that's the first time you've said syrup. that on this show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have this once or twice. I, I, I think the last time it might have been a Coke cherry um, margarita. They're good for that. <laughs> so I make Coke cherry syrup, um, but I leave it, and they're super bitter. But um, so you have to add sugar. But I leave the syrup still slightly bitter um, when I make when I make the syrup. So. So for the old fashioned, I have to add maple syrup, and then of course oranges and you know bitters and stuff like that, that's and of course some whiskey. Very mixologyist <laughs> of you. Yeah, that's a lot North of work. Northwoodsy mixology. Yeah, no, yeah. If you want to get Egypt back to that college? step thing, um, that you know, so okay, stage seventeen, stage sixteen, where they they took <laughs> off in um, a Vingegaard uh, one and gained back like, you know, 50 minutes or something, uh, a minute on, on SAP. Um, everybody says that that was, they were racing to win that stage for Van Hoydunk. And so they, because Van Hoydunk, you know, had that uh, car crash thing in, mm-hmm. in um, Europe, their teammate. So everybody said we were going for the stage win to win it for Van Hoydunk. And, and then um, stage 17, though, was a little bit more problematic because, like, there was no real reason for anybody else to attack, but it certainly appeared that Vingigo and, um, worse, Pogachar. So if you're, if you're a team and you want, all right, we're going to send somebody else up ahead. We're going to send Vingigo up ahead to, to win the stage. But our, he's probably not going to take enough time back to, to get the red jersey, but he's going to get a stage win today. And you could argue that, well, maybe they're doing that to to get more notoriety for the team, more promotion for their sponsors, to reward Vingigo for working for SEP for the 
other part of the race, although certainly Sepp has more than <laughs> earned that that work for him um, since he's done so many things for Vingigo and Pogacar. But then Pogacar took off as well. And Pogacar really, from a team tactics standpoint, one would think he should have stayed with Sepp to protect their their red jersey and protect their team lead. <laughs> and he didn't. He went ahead. Um, Sepp was able to hang with him and didn't lose but like you know, a couple of seconds to Pogacar. And then and then the final day you saw them all finishing arm in arm and all that sort of stuff. And, right, yeah. And all well, three on the podium. You know so I don't know. You know, we'll I think the jury's out. They could be playing nice and saying we all are friends here, um, and this wasn't uh, yeah, a cool. rivalry on the team or it, <laughs> or steps racing for a new team next year. Although I think I just heard that they um, that Yumbo signed Matteo Jorgensen, who's also a U.S. rider, maybe from Durango. Also, mm-hmm. I can't remember, but Matteo Jorgensen. So if they have Sep and Matteo on, the, I Sep probably won't want to leave a team with one of his U.S. buddies. Well, and um, I, you know, from a but, from a team notoriety standpoint, having a guy from a United States win one of the grand tours. I mean, this hasn't happened since like 2013. Right. So we've had a decade since, uh, of a drought of any American. What's his name? Being, I, what's his name? Uh, I, I didn't like the guy. Christian, uh, <laughs> Chris Horner, Christian Horner, Chris Horner. Yeah. I yeah. never liked that guy, but he was 41 when he won that. So that was like his swan song, you know, it's like, uh, I'm done with this. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I liked that he was American. Super week, a bunch. Oh he yeah, for Super sure. Week, a bunch. And he, and he was a dick. I, I tried to talk to him a handful of times, and he was just a jerk. So, <laughs> so many people that I'm do. I'm not a fan of Chris Horner. Well, the, you know, in the olden days, so many people when when Otto was still around, so many of the Europeans that came here to do the short course stuff were just such nice people. And uh, you a know, lot of them were, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't one of them. No, <laughs> but he's an American too, and you know, you know how Americans are, <laughs> right? Did I think I probably mentioned he this on the show before? But my, he learned from the Lance School of of public relations yeah yeah I, I i think i don't know if i mentioned this before on the show but when my wife was in europe they were you know talking about languages with i think they were in france or something with a guy and they're like oh yeah you know germans sound like very business like when they speak you know blah 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 and and italian sounds so you know romantic blah 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 and and they asked this guy what do americans sound like and he goes Loud. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I probably related that story before. But anyway, well, right on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for your take on the uh, the Shawami and the uh, and the and the the Vuelta because I think hey, maybe American cycling isn't totally dead in the water. That would be great. Yeah, I certainly think that. Um, so Sep came up through the um, Durango Devo team, which was a precursor to NICA stuff. Durango has had a youth development, you know, high school team, and and then, of course, a college team at Fort Lewis College forever. And so, so it's not, it's not, you know, it shouldn't be unexpected that, that Durango is producing some great riders. Plus, of course, there's like, you know, a, a dozen other, you know, top pros that live in the area um, in Durango. So, um, but I think that NICA is having that same effect across the country. And NICA is, it, you know, there's there's more cream 
to rise to the top. And so than there used to be. And, and there are more kids that see a path forward for cycling as, as like a, a college or, or um, opportunity or as a career. So I think that we'll be seeing more and more of that as, you know, NICA continues to, to grow and, and expand. Yeah. I, I, it's one of the best things I think, even from like Garrett, my son is, was, has done it for six years and he's not super competitive, but he has fun out there and he right. wants to continue mountain biking and riding bikes, but he, he doesn't, the competition thing, he's like, meh. So he can just go ride mountain bikes and have fun. And I don't right. think and he's that's great. Yeah. And that's and Nike, Nike is fine with that too. Even having people if they don't want to race, I think, but, um, but what Nike does do is create a, a, a space for, for people, for kids to try something that prior to Nike, they might never have tried. And a lot of the kids that like bike racing or mountain biking maybe aren't, you know, traditional ball sport, team sport sort of, you know, um, kids who wouldn't try out for, you know, football or, you know, track or something like that, you know? um, So, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a great thing. And it'll probably just help American cycling on the world stage improve. So excellent. Yeah. All right, Dave. So anyway, yeah. Um, no bugs up here. Um, really, still great weather, and the leaves are not are just starting to turn. So this is an ideal time to come visit the Northwoods and uh, and ride mountain bikes or gravel if if you're interested. So so peak uh, peak color up there would be what a couple three weeks away, two three weeks. Yeah, it'll be, it, it sort of depends, longer. but it's usually like the, uh, sort of like the first weekend in, in October, the last weekend in September sort of thing, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, and then it makes its way down the state. So you've got opportunities yeah, right, to, yeah. to see the, the changing of the colors. All right, Sealy Dave, thanks right. for the call. Oh, hey, just real quick though, we gotta, we gotta figure out what we're doing with this, uh, salon chair versus the, um, the suspension <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Challenge. I, uh, I, Chewy's been busy with, with hockey stuff, but I will, we'll, we'll figure that out. I, your photo of those, uh, Manitou stools was, was awesome. I remember you talking about them or you hit me, I think you had one for a while and now you've got, so, no. So what happened was, what happened was, um, way back when, when the bike, I was at the bike fed and we had, the, um, that, uh, that coffee shop in our building that when Schuler owned the building, there was a coffee shop there on venture and, uh, was it venture? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Venture. And then we had the hall of fame bike shop, this little community bike shop that our mobile bike repair worked out of, um, there. And so I asked, I asked Hayes if they would make some bar stools out of suspension forks and then the footrests would be answer stems and bars mounted. So the suspension fork upside down with a bar stool seat on top of it. And then at the, on the, um, upside down, the, the stem mounted to, uh, an, a pro taper handlebar at the bottom and, you know, then a base to have it stand. And so they made three of them for the bike fed for that Hall of Fame uh, bike shop. And then when that closed, we auctioned those off and some lucky soul 
got them. And I've missed those stools ever since then. <laughs> so um, Todd Summers, who worked at Hayes, um, was up last time at the Schwamm again, and he and I connected. And I said, dude, you guys got bins of, like, returned, you know, uh, forks, right? Just next time you come up, just bring me, like, three of those forks, and I'll build my own I'll build my own stools out of something. Well, it turns out when they made those three for the bike fed, they made another three for their, for their office. And they've kind of just been, you know, knocking around their office in various different rooms. They didn't really have a purpose for them. So Todd scooped them up, asked Darren, um, uh, at, at, you know, who's kind of like the overall head of the Hayes bicycle group. Um, Hey, can Dave have these? And he said, sure. So he <laughs> nice. brought three of them up. Todd brought three of them up and just gave them to me. Wow. Awesome. Those so would make, those would make off. So they're not modern. So they're not the current, you know, Maddox and Mastodon, you know, they're, they're the old, old forks. Um, but, uh, but they're pretty sweet. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll have they're to bouncy. get, we'll, 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 get, we'll get the, uh, salon chair versus, uh, what, what do you, what do you call it? A bouncy, bouncy chair. chair? <laughs> I, I, I think they're just, I, I'm going to call it like, I, I might add a segment to my podcast. I did actually record an interview with somebody. I had about a month long gap for various reasons, but I do have an interview in the can to um, add an intro to, but I think I'm going to have a segment um, for the, uh, for when, when we talk with TJ about like the track trails, the gravity trails that they're building at Mount Telemark called like the, the Manitou suspension lounge. And uh, so I think they're going to be something with that. Right on. All right. Well, we'll we'll, anyway, we'll, we'll get it going within the next week or two. But yeah, ramble on. Very good, Dave. Seely, Dave, everybody. All Let's, right. Good to talk with you guys. Right. We'll Bye. talk to you soon. Bye. Adios. That was Seely, Dave, everybody. Uh, Seely, Dave's really into the European cycling. That's why I kind of had to ask that Sep thing because that's a big deal, you know, yeah. having yeah. An, have an American back doing good stuff on a world stage. It, it, it's nothing but good for the U.S. of A. All right. Well, I think we've about exhausted our talking schmack. We've talked to Seely Dave. We drank some beer, and uh, that's pretty much what we do every week here. You guys got anything before we pull the ripcord on this bad Oscar? Bruno. Nah. <coughs> nah. Denardo was next door, and guy never came over. God. Fucker. Let's go see if he's over there. Leonardo, if you're listening to this, I'd like to take this moment to say, fuck you. Let's go beat his ass. Let's do that now. All right, everybody. So we'll all be in jail next time. This is us saying goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. I'll feature said. Farewell. 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 Farewell.